in the discussions of riots and in the discussions of wordplay that we're seeing uh, all over the, the spectrum, that we're seeing from media, that we're seeing from politicos, it dawned on me not too long ago that what we don't have is a proper understanding of what it is we're seeing. That in order to be able to properly confront this violence, this violence that comes from the physical attacks on the streets of Portland and Seattle, what we've seen the riots in Chicago and in New York, and you may have had in your town like I did in Indianapolis, Indiana, to the violence that we see in the wordplay of how people are called names like racist and bigot and how when people bring up questions or ask questions, they're told they're not being an ally. The illiberalism of the so-called liberal is one of the most violent things out there. But what we don't have is an understanding of where all this comes from, how the history has progressed, how this mindset has come to be. And without that, we have nothing. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Speaker Newt Gingrich joins us right now. Former Speaker of the House, Representative uh, from Georgia, a historian by trade and by great brain. His latest book, um, which is Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. That is available at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. You can get more from him at Gingrich360.com. Uh, I want to start from the beginning. I want to start with this very idea of what is the difference or is there a difference between Marxism and communism and how would you... In an elevator pitch or longer, I'm not I'm not going to stop you. How would you explain those concepts to people? Between communism and socialism? Or? And Marxism. Well, I mean, Mar- Marxism was the general intellectual framework that assumed that uh, labor had to be exploited in order for capitalism to work and therefore that the workers were disadvantaged and should take control of their lives. It was mutated uh, by uh, Lenin in particular into a totalitarian system where in order for everything to work, government had to have 100% of the power, and anybody who failed to do the right thing had to be either punished or killed. That then evolved further with Mao Zedong, who actually killed more people in the 20th century than any other dictator far more than either Hitler or Stalin or Lenin, uh, and became a system uh, of absolute control. Um, Castro had a sort of Cuban variation on that, uh, but and, and it's a very appealing ideology if, if you are an intellectual and you'd like to have power over people who have earned money that you haven't earned, because then you can justify why you're taking it away from them. Uh, and, of course, it's mutated in our system now. As Theodore White wrote back in 1972 in his book on the making of the president, um, the, the liberal ideology has become a liberal theology, and any violation of it is, in fact, a direct uh, act of heresy. And that's why you now get things where um, people – I do a podcast series that's free at Game of uh, I'm doing a series right now. Uh, entitled Shutting Your Mouth, who just take case after case of people who got fired uh, because they said the wrong thing. Uh, totally un-American behavior, but it's a natural step 
in the evolution towards a totalitarian dictatorship. So if I was speaking like a layman, I could make the argument that Marxism was the sloganeering uh, to to anti-capitalism and communism is the result of that sloganeering put into practice. Yeah, you, you could argue that. I think you, you, the problem you've got, and this is why I wrote his book on the road to serfdom, anytime the government starts to assert power, in order to make it work, it has to assert more power because people are smart and individuals will go out and they will find their own way to do things. And then government is constantly expanding its power to coerce you into doing what government wants, which is why you now have in Nevada, for example, a governor who says you can't have more than 50 people in church, but casinos can have bigger crowds. I mean, it's pure power. By the way, the book the, the, the speaker is referencing, to, The Road to Serfdom, F.A. Hayek, a must-read. Uh, talking to the former speaker, yeah. Newt Gingrich, um, I don't disagree in, in what we're seeing. What I'm trying to give people is how this has built up, and you started going through that history. So when we take a look now, at the Black Lives Matter movement, which I have made the argument that this is not a conversation about race. This is a conversation about ideology. We know that those responsible for the movement are practitioners, are studiers of Marxism, well-trained in Marxist theology. You take a look at their website. Uh, you see the same things uh, in, engaged there. And then we see how in these riots that have taken place, people will say it's okay that we're looting and stealing. It's, it's just reparations and you just have insurance. That's all part of this desire to destroy Western culture because, by definition, Western culture is guilty. Right. You know, I think you have to start with the idea this is about power. This is the, great, the great advantage of Marxism is that it creates an intellectual moral framework in which I decide I should have power over you because you are inadequate. And the reason we know you're inadequate is I have a gun and you don't, and I'll shoot you unless you agree that I have power. So you end up in the last two days with a guy who intervened to apparently protect a transgender woman who was being attacked by a Black Lives Matter crowd, and they then turn and beat this guy up and put him in the hospital. Now, that has nothing to do with racism in America. That has everything to do with power. And what you have are a group of predatory fanatics uh, who see this as the excuse for them to use their capacity for violence uh, to achieve the kind of world they want to live in, which they will define. And if you disagree with them, they reserve the right to come to your house, beat you up, uh, et cetera. And, it's, and, it's, and the longer that the liberal Democratic mayors and governors are too cowardly to take them on, the more dangerous and the stronger um, the whole system is. Now, within that and in that group of people uh, where you talk about that attack that that took place, um, you often see Antifa, the anti-fascists. But, of course, the anti-fascists, which uh, have their origins in 1933 uh, Germany, they are socialists. They are communists. And indeed, they're the violent people. Fascism has sometimes been referred to not as a political ideology, but rather a tool. Do you agree or disagree with that idea? Well, I think it depends on which version. I, 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 I think it's, it's a political ideology that enables you to organize power. Uh, I think Mussolini had a perfect pattern. He went from being a socialist 
to being a fascist. Um, I think that uh, it's important to remember that the Nazis were actually the National Socialist Party uh, and that, that uh, they had a very strong socialist part of their uh, appeal and their, their desire to organize Germany. Uh, and I think that it's very dangerous. And I think that people in the United States don't realize it. Starting with, with uh, Herbert Marcuse at Berkeley in the early 60s, we've seen first our, our universities and our judges and our news media all drift towards a, a, a kind of, of left-wing fascism that is extraordinarily dangerous and that ultimately operates by uh, beating you up, firing you, eliminating your ability to function, uh, and does so as though it's perfectly normal. And it does so through the wordplay. Talking to the former speaker, Newt Gingrich, you can find more at Gingrich360.com. His latest book, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Because they do so not only through the physical, which we have seen in the looting and the rioting, but we see it also from the intellectual set in telling you that you cannot speak, you cannot say certain things, or you must, you should be compelled to say certain things. And within this comes this very concept of anti-racism. This very idea that the only way to prove that you're not racist is to go about engaging these things that we tell you to do and you must do them as we see them, even though that might change from day to day. How do you describe anti-racism? And am I right in that it is indeed part of this fascist, fascistic, brutal kind of attack on the American psyche and the American soul. Well, Murray wrote a book last year called The Madness of the Crowds, which I highly recommend to anybody who wants to understand what we're living through. Uh, Because he really captures the degree to which we're living through a period of psychosis in the West. And and that it's it's only a psychological condition. It's not intellectually coherent at all. And of course, you know, the person who was the great writer on this was, was George Orwell, Orwell himself had belonged to the Trotsky Brigade in, in uh, the Spanish Civil War and, and woke up one day to discover that the brigade had been massacred by Stalin because Stalin decided getting over the Trotskyites was more important than defeating the fascists. And I think that the, the, the sudden realization that he was dealing with a system in which the truth could be redefined every morning, and if you weren't clever enough to keep up with the new truth, you could be shot. Uh, really is what led to 1984, which people tend to forget. 1984 is not about Moscow. 1984 takes place in London. And he's trying to make the case that all of these government systems have the potential to turn into tyrannies, in which, and that, that's where tearing down statues is a perfectly Orwellian 1984 behavior because they created memory holes. And when things became inappropriate, they dumped them into the memory hole. And you are not allowed to remember them anymore, and that's the sort of thing we're seeing. I think, and it's a, um, and then so it, so the end. First of all, consider and this is what Murray so good about in his book. Consider this 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 problem. We are for an anti-racism state campaign, right? That's what we've all been told. Be anti-racist, right? So yes. why did Joe Biden have to pick a black female? Which is clearly a racist decision. I mean, if you're, if you're Asian-American, you shouldn't apply. If you're Latino, you shouldn't apply. If you're white, of course, it'd be absurd to apply. But even if you're a black man, you shouldn't apply. Now, how can you square the circle between the 
uh, anti-racism rhetoric and the reality that it was a purely racist decision. I mean, Kamala Harris won what was essentially a, a racist uh, competition in which only black females were eligible. This is the argument about Yale University that we know for sure uh, keeps Asian students out in order to engage a quota system, yet nobody says of Yale, this is clear discrimination. But it takes us to now, we're oh, no, seeing... No, the US, no, actually, the U.S. government has said it uh, and has sued Yale. I look forward to seeing where that goes. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring this up from an educational standpoint because... It happens in the high schools and in the middle schools and kids are starting to get these kinds of assignments and parents are starting to hear word of these kinds of things that we're going to teach a Black Lives Matter curriculum like you're hearing in in California. And that curriculum pushes this Marxist point of view, which is the real story and the real issue. It's the idea of declaring children of all types guilty of something they had nothing to do with and you can't be guilty for the color of your skin. That's supposed to be the whole point, the massive argument the greatness of America and and certainly our growth from uh, the, the days of our founding. How do you suggest, sir, that people engage with these schools and these school systems that push this ideological uh, nature? Uh, how do you suggest parents respond to that? Take their children out of the school. I'm just going to let that answer hang there. Form a homeschool group. Yeah. Form a church school. Form a private academy. Take them out of the schools. Yeah, there really is no other answer. I mean, we've had this conversation here many times, and and people say, I, I have to work. I, I, I can't do the homeschooling. And my answer yeah. is, okay, but yeah. then they win. This is the moment of uh, when, when you no, realize no, there's no, nothing no, left to do. It's real sacrifice. Can form, look, people can form collectives. You know, 20 families could come together and hire a teacher. You don't have to do all this through the, the, the force of the totalitarian government. Now, in the long run, what you want to do is elect state legislators who, who cut off the funding and who, who, who fire the people who are crazy. I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a newsletter. There are a whole group of math professors who don't believe in math. They believe math is an inherently white racist exploitation and the 2 plus 2 equals 4 is inherently a white racist statement. And my view is, if you're a math teacher who doesn't want to teach math, we should not pay you. And so I'm writing a piece on, on fire. I want to fire teachers who are crazy. And one test of being crazy is whether or not you believe that the subject you're being hired to teach should be taught, because if it shouldn't be taught, why are we paying you? And His that's name. Kind of, that's where we've kind of gotten to. He is the, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. You can check out Gingrich 360, 360.com. And the book, uh, the latest, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. It's available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Mr. Speaker, it's always a pleasure to have the chance to engage the conversation. Hey, can't Thanks. can't thank you enough. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.